All right. Welcome back. This is episode 121. 121. Yeah. Absolutely good. And it's our fourth season. Now we're into a couple episodes into season number four now. That's right. Time keeps a changing, moving along. Keeps on moving along. And we're marking time with our With our pod, weekly podcast. conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which would be kind of neat if we call, see how many numbers, how far we get up. And we're on 121 to see if we where we get to. But then it's an interesting way of documenting our archive and what was going on in our minds at any given time yeah. as a way of going back and looking back um, or listening back to what we were, what was on our minds at, on any particular given. Well, I love that because I don't know if, you know, everybody listening will, I'm sure, have the same kind of feeling when you, when you listen to stuff like podcasts I listen to or I don't know, just whatever you sort of, if you ever go back and listen again or read a book again and stuff, you get totally different stuff from it and you hear things that you didn't even take on the first time but also you sort of remember what you were doing when you were listening to that thing so it's like with music as well isn't it yeah, like you exactly. hear a song and you remember you kind of remember when yeah. you either first heard it or remember if it was playing with something significant yeah that sort of happened to you so that's good and i think we talked um in an earlier podcast about um the whole sort of diary journal thing, because it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? In terms of you can go back to a particular date and have a look at what was going on. And then we'll be able to pass these on to our grandchildren and grandchildren, children, <laughs> and maybe make a time capsule out of the Havana Cafe Sessions you never podcast. Know. You never know. You never know. know. So speaking of time and the passage of time, this sort of first we're in the, what, week two of January? What week is it? Things have been yeah. going so fast three. for me. Three, that, we're week that, three. Are we week three? That yeah. It's one of those things where you try and catch back up with yourself and try and get back into sync. I think I was out of sync a couple of days ago. Here's, uh, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, just, I was just out of sync and I had to re rephase. I was out of phase, so I had to get back. Here's the, the here's the quote I'm going to kick us off with. That says exactly what you're saying. So this is, um, I've been reading a book this week called Galileo and the Art of Aging Mindfully by Adam Ford. It's a really nice little book. And um, he starts off with an introduction that says, What are we to make of our brief lives in this transitory world? They come and go so fast. In childhood, time almost stands still. Next Christmas is an eternity away. A birthday party next week is an age in coming. Then as we get older, time begins to speed up. Birthdays come around with accelerating persistence. Children we knew are suddenly middle-aged. But growing older, I find, is full of unexpected compensations. There is more time for living mindfully, more time to think. There is time to pursue interests squeezed out of a busy life. In my case, the night sky. So that's interesting. Speeding up, but also but slowing we, down. We've had a recent death in the family, and one of the things that I guess sometimes I contemplate when I get to that when that happens is, and she was like ninety something years old. But at what point in your mentality do you? Do you I mean, any day, any of us could die any day. Yeah. But it seems even more like in your face when you're 90 something years old yeah but what's on your mind are you just thinking well just waiting for death to come or you're just thinking i'm tired can it hurry up and come or 
just yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're just completely in the moment. Just in the moment, maybe complacent to say, "Can I, I don't mind if it happens anytime." There's a good book I read, and it's but it is come. It's a it's a line out of one of Hemingway's book actually, but it says today's a good day to die for whom the whom the bell tolls. I think it was in yeah. that book, um, but the line is, "Is today's a good day to die." Meaning, if you've lived a full life and you live in your life the way that you want to live, then any day is a good day to die. You will die with no regrets. Um, I think there's the the sort of issue about our feelings about the inevitable death thing. Yeah, but then, the, but then, point, there's also it? I think aging and accepting aging, or. I don't know if accepting is the only way we can think about it. Just experiencing the process of ourselves aging is, is sort of a different thing, isn't it? It's like it's linked to, to death, but it's also a frustration as like our body doesn't do what yeah. we expected it to do anymore. Or, you know, maybe we're not as sharp mentally as and we were. Every or, day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things is in your in my mind, I don't feel like I'm older than 20 some so my mind seems to be locked in the sort of 21 22 23 ish space but of course my body is in the 51 year old space (laughs) (laughs) and the two just don't marry up so in my head i'm the same clay low but my body's slower doesn't recover as quick you know bending down and picking stuff up is like effort (laughs) so yeah you're right it's just you know yeah and, and sometimes I have to remind myself in the gym that I'm not the same age as the kids around me that I see, even though I can lift more than all of them. Yeah. Um, but it takes a toll on a body that's no longer 22 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know And you have I mean? to be a bit more sort of careful about, I don't know, you sort of, there's less forgiveness in your body as you get older. Yeah, in terms less forgiveness of- in your body, most definitely. And the recovery just yeah. isn't there. Um, yeah, yeah. There's but, this but your income. ego gets in the way. Wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The mind's like, oh, come on, man. That's some lightweight. <laughs> and because and, having known that you've lifted it in the past, yeah, then it's like, there's a number of different things. One, the ego's getting in the way. Two, starting there. Then you're like being hard on yourself. You know, stop being a, a pansy. Come on. Lift. Yeah, that kind of thing's going on. But yeah. I think what you're saying here with this book at some point in time, you have to take the step back and just say, oh, actually, it's okay to be here and the body's That body down. failure thing is a, is a funny one because I think for, there's a couple of times or instances in which that we're sort of run into the wall of that. And guys, probably less so, unless you get seriously injured your body sort of, it's so gradual, the aging process, you sort of don't really notice it. Whereas I think for women who have had kids, it, that, there's, that's an instantaneous moment where you realize there's like lots of ways that your body is never going to be the same again. Hmm. And you sort of look back to just a year ago or just two years ago when you felt young, suddenly things are all, <laughs> all out of whack and messed yeah. up. So that, that's, that, was tricky for me, I think. And I see that a lot with, with friends and just people coming into yoga as well and stuff like that. But then there's the whole mental thing too. And there's Mm. this great quote in this, um, uh, in this book that says, um, 
Let me get to it. An old historian friend of mine, a retired cleric in his late 90s, when I asked him what he was reading, he told me with an amused chuckle, I'm reading some books I wrote in my youth and discovering all sorts of things I never knew I knew. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> and I liked that. He, yeah. And he said, it said, he said Cat Galileo had a similar experience with old age, though his response was perhaps not quite so lighthearted. He wrote to a friend, I find how much old age lessens the vividness and speed of my thinking as I struggle to understand quite a lot of the things I discovered and proved when I was younger. So, you know, I find it's that interesting because I know sometimes yeah. when I look back on like diary entries in my journal that I wrote in like 1996, that kind of area. Yeah, yeah. And you think that I write that? Yeah. <laughs> Who was like, that oh, person? Who was that? Who did that? Yeah, that's that's quite Whoa, that's hey. quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's an interesting thing, the whole sort of passage of time. So I mean I like the title of the book, The Art of Aging Mindfully. Um and I know it's something that I need to work on in the sense of being able to adjust my mind in the place that my body is not to not and you know because people say oh you're only as old as you feel or something think you are whatever yeah that kind of thing but you know there is a reality to a body that's not 22 anymore type thing um and in my head right now i'm just thinking on this whole physical thing in the u.s army um, and i'm sure in most armies as well i mean they account for age so on our physical tests it's based off of your age so it's a range so you got your 19 to 20 somethings and then then you got your oh no and then you have to move up the box yeah you move up the box (laughs) which is good when you're when you're old but not old because and your body can still do what it was doing when you're in the category before so then you look like a stud because you're maxing the test right on age not not necessarily on raw data but yeah 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 but then i think there's also there's the reality and then we we can at the same time get a bit overly sensitive about things so i think sometimes like you know i think my dad sort of sometimes i see he gets a bit frustrated when he can't recall something and i'm like oh my god i can't recall tons of stuff like that all the time and and for me one of my things is I can tell that, you know, I have this internal tremor. So I, I, you know, I shake on my right hand more than my left, but, but I sort of have a tremor everywhere basically. And, uh, it, I feel like it's getting a bit worse. So now my handwriting can at times be quite scratchy and I used to have really nice handwriting. And of course, you know, when you're just scrawling something on purpose, that's fine. But when you find yourself unable to write clearly because your arm is trembling. It makes you feel old. Mm. You know, and I'm, I feel like I look at my, my my chicken scroll and I'm like, I really shouldn't be that older when I'm signing my name and my, my tremor's a bit bad. You know, it just, it does make you feel a bit like, oh. I'm like, yeah. So how, how? I'm just thinking, because I was glad you sent this topic. It's like, how do you switch the gears to start to, one grow old gracefully or grow old or age mindfully whichever phrase it kind of sits with you i mean i think the the nice thing that i like about this book it doesn't have like massive insight Mm. i don't think in that sense but the one thing it does say which is in that beginning intro is that although things that you you know you lose things with age speed you know mental agility or you know whatever you also gain some things and i think maybe the the, what do we gain well so he says we he that he feels like he has gained 
He says, um, but growing older, I find, is full of unexpected compensations. There's more time for living mindfully, more time to think. And so I guess, I, I wonder if that's, it doesn't have to be true, and it sort of doesn't just definitely happen to everybody. But there is sort of an opportunity to start being more mindful and more just taking the present moment as it comes or like a little bit more wisdom because you see like the bigger picture of things. Like for instance, you know, you think about friendships or you think about relationships and if you get to a point where in, you know, you're in your forties and fifties, you've even, you know, your late thirties by then you've had friends for like a long time through a lot of stuff by that point, probably. And you've probably had a relationship at some point that you thought was broken, that years later sort of repaired itself. You know, so you can you sort of get a bigger overall view that things change in time, that your feelings change in time. So it's not just a theoretical thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like a thing you know because you've experienced it. So you cannot stress quite so much about there's probably a cycle, you know though, I mean? isn't it? Yeah, because I'm just thinking at some point you have your existential crisis in terms of... Is that the bo a checkbox? Oh, you get yeah. to, well, get no, to this you, age. Well, oh, Got to have my existential you, crisis you now. You get to a place <laughs> where you have your existential crisis, i.e. all the things that you've done, strived for, been through, you know, played the game as the game was told to you, how you're supposed to play the game, and you just kind of get to that space where it's like, Okay, so what was this didn't all about? You get the about? reward that you thought you were promised, <laughs> you know, yeah. What was this all about? And what's this in Ada? So I think that that shifts your mind into thinking uh, more focusedly, mindfulness, because I've done all that and it didn't live to the promise. So what do I need to focus on next? I think a lot of people maybe then turn internal and start that journey. So yeah. what, who am I? I think you asked that question before we started, the sort of who am I question. You kind of get that space of who am I really um, and I think you then start to be less concerned with what's um, with other people and their opinions and maybe that kind yeah. of thing because you're more which is a real gift yeah I think you, you, you become more secure in yourself because you don't feel and I'm speaking from my own self I suppose that you don't feel like you have anything to prove to anyone anymore and so, I think if, even if that doesn't happen naturally, I think it's sort of something that you can call yourself to do. I feel like that's been a thing for me about, um, so I'm about to turn 40 this year, as you know. And uh, I think for me, it's like these markers, you get to a point where you think actually, okay, what do I want to take into this next period in my life? And what am I not really interested in taking forward? And I think for me, one of the big things is like, is exactly what you're saying, sort of worrying a bit too much about what other people, whether they approve of what I'm doing or not, or how they think about it or what they think about me and stuff and, and becoming much more interested in myself as a judge of me. And like, it's not that you don't, you know, walk around the world not caring how you are with people, but more that you know in yourself you're living with integrity. And as long as you feel okay with that, and as long as you're willing to take, I don't know, feedback from trusted friends and consider it, 
because we all make mistakes and we all, mm. you know, then I don't know. You can sort of let a lot of that stuff go. So I think so. I, I don't think know. There's a, there's a battle though that also maybe that you may go through, and again, it just depends on what your life experience is, and that is you you do become aware of time in a yeah. different sense, as in. As I was saying earlier, you know, in 90, what's your relationship to, you know, the time is literally, we're all, it's running out for everybody, but it's like so in your face there. So, you know, if in your head you're thinking there's like 10,000 more things that I want to do still, I'm not ready to slow down. I don't want to be to a place where I can't continue to strive either because there's so much more that I want to do. Um, I think that, I know for myself personally, that kind of sits in my head there. It's like, oh, I want to do all these things. But I can also see that, you know, statistically, I'm on the backside of the curve. You know, if average age is what for male in the UK is like 83 or something like that. Hmm. Um, you know, so I'm on the back end of the curve. Yeah. But there's all these things that I want to do. So that kind of floats into my mind in relationship to the aging piece because I'm not interested in you know, sort of slowing down and there's more that I want to do. But then as you, we were saying earlier, you, you know, then I'm aware of the, oh, the body, that the body, the mind, the, what is it they say? The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. <laughs> <laughs> so my mind wants to do all these things, but my body isn't necessarily. But then um, do you, do you feel like that idea that there are compensations that come with the weakening of the body and all that kind of stuff, you know, the stuff that can feel frustrating are, is there an, a compensation that the stuff you want to accomplish is different? Well, I don't know. I, well, from, so because physicality was like my whole, my every, you know, the whole sort of strength and physicalness has been what life is to me. Well, and the way that you got present, isn't it? Like every time you describe going and lifting weights and stuff, that's like yeah. the moment where you have to be super present because. But, and, and so. It's um, it's harder for me to deal with it in that sense because I've always been a physical kind of person. Um, yeah, so I think that makes it harder because I still want to be physical because that's very important to me. Um, and so, so one of the things in this mindfulness, and this is good for me to be paying attention to this, is I need to adjust the thinking so that I can continue to be physical without overdoing it. So I've got to find a line where, so that I, I'm able to extend the physicality because if I keep pushing the body in the same way that I pushed it when it was younger, then it will just break and it's not going to be any use to me and I won't be able to, and then I've, that'll open up a whole new yeah, yeah, yeah. Set, of, set of gigs. So, um, yeah, so... Um, from a compensation point of view, other things you pick up, I think wisdom is there. Um, there's sometimes a bit of jealousy that's there. <laughs> in, in the yeah. sense that they say youth is wasted on the wrong people, if you ever yeah, heard that yeah, say. Because yeah. you think, man, if I, when I look at like my, you know, my son's like 23 and, and his friends and stuff, and I've got some of the people that I mentored at that same age, I think if I knew what, I know now, and I have the confidence that I have now, but I was that age, man, I would just be like unstoppable. Be like, yeah. ah. <laughs> and then you, you can't. Unstoppable today. But you then try to get, you try, so I've been trying with, you know, with my sort of two to, to get them to 
That's the frustration, yeah, isn't it, though? Like, oh, because you can't like, pass yeah, like, on some of this stuff because well, some of it's and they, like... And they've got to learn it, don't they? Yeah. They've got to do it. Mm -hmm. And no amount to you saying, oh, you know, here's how this is. When you get to... You, they just Although I do think it's the same kind of thing that I can sort of start to see happening with my kids. You think you've repeated something a bunch of times and mm. they're just not listening. And you say the same thing again and again and again. And at some point you realize it has started to sink in. This but is it's, different though for but me. I think, yeah. But I think there's some things that, you know, you try and pass on to your kids and maybe at the time they can't take it on. But I remember some things that my grandma has said to me over the years that still have stayed with me. And I think... They've stuck in my head. And I mean, the same with my mom and my dad, you know, these, you know, these important people in your life that sort of in these moments can say something helpful. And then maybe you don't totally understand it at the time, but sometimes it does stick with you. And then you kind of absorb what they've been trying to tell you with your own experience and it is helpful and it does it does sort of help yeah, you and i get that from a wisdom point of view i think i was thinking more along the lines of stuff that they could be doing because they'll yeah. they'll get to a point when they do make the realization but then all that time is gone yeah. i guess is what i was getting at but in terms yeah, of yeah yeah no i know you what know, you mean sort yeah. of, you know life lessons and wisdom type thing i mean i bet all of us can look back at, at our teens and 20s and think oh my gosh all the time we wasted in like mm. angst yeah, you know yeah. angst about friends angst about girlfriends or boyfriends angst about like people what they thought about us and there's a great uh, pink Floyd how hard song. things were <laughs> and stuff and uh, no yeah. i cannot get it you have to we'll have to link this one in the show notes but there's a great um pink floyd song uh, it's called time um and while I, where's my thingy i'll get the lyrics to it but it's it's just basically it's like when you're young you have all the time because life is long and you're just kind of chilling and then yeah. he gets to a point where he realizes you know did i miss the starting gun and he's like one of the right. lines is you run and you run to catch up with the sun but it's sinking <laughs> and every day you get sort of closer so there comes a point where life does seem like infinite isn't it so you know when we were in a teens and 20s it's like ah oh, yeah you got ages and then to a whole stuff, bunch yeah. of stuff happens and time goes by and yeah. you go whoa where did all, all that time yeah sort of go um and then yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah. It's, so it's kind of that kind of well i kind think of thing. the thing that this i really like about this book is this galileo and the art of aging mindfully it's the subtitle is called wisdom from the night skies and this the author adam ford has taken his love of astronomy and used both the experience of looking at the night sky in mm. various ways and the sort of reflections he's had about the universe and what that means about him as a way of, of accepting age you know, well, I guess. So it's sort of an interesting combination of things, but um, he has, um, speaking of being old, he has uh, this great bit where um, he talks about Jupiter. And uh, he says that when he looks at Jupiter, um, he's looking at it now, and it's just where it was when he first looked up at it when he was, he says, 12 years old. Um, and it's only been um, through that orbit six times since 
the moment he looked at it when he was 12. Mm. So in Jupiter years, he's only six. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's using, so that's an example of like the way that he's sort of reflecting on the subjectiveness of the way that we measure time and think about our age and that kind of thing. So he says to his, he says, I showed Jupiter to my granddaughter Layla before she went home with her mother one evening. Look, I said, calling her attention to the sky above the house. I first saw that bright planet when I was a boy of 12, five years ago. She thought for a moment with a slightly worried expression. She had become proud of her knowledge of numbers. Grandpa, you weren't a boy of 12 just five years ago. You were much older than that. Having doubted my sanity, she was relieved when I explained. Now I wonder if I will still be around the next time the planet is in Gemini where it, where it was. I will be seven years old by then. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. These really, it's a really nice like read and it's sort of a nice little reflection i suppose because yeah we're not we're not as old and we're gonna, yeah and i'm just thinking of some of the sort of um societal it's like what, it's like well, what do you mean it? when you're old because there it like you're saying there is a reality to the body yeah and there is a reality to the mind and we can also get sick and you know Dementia well, a is a thing, thing and there's got, all kinds of things that, can, that happen to us, but those are individual things and they're linked with the passage of time and our age. But we, we have a, we have a, our society, I think, um, worships youth culture, yeah. doesn't it? So yeah. we're in other cultures, the older you get, the more esteemed you are within your society, whereas in our society, the older you get, the more you start to get marginalized and pushed out to the end. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, nobody wants to feel marginalized. So you're kind of trying to hang on and, ex and extend that. And if you think of things like um, uh, Ponce de Leon and this sort of search for the fountain of youth and trying to you know, extend how long that we live and even what modern science is like, yes, you want, you know, you want to live. Yeah. So not that you want to die soon, but you know, you're talking about eating healthy and all this sort of stuff so you can live longer um, to sort of extend that sort of space. Um, I remember reading a quote and, I, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here with George Burns and cause you know, he smoked right up until, you know, he died and he was like 90 something years old, that kind of thing. Um, and some people were remarking on his health and he was, and basically he was saying to the, you know, yes, I might live, you know, longer, but you know, those are the worst years of your life because the body's all broken and all that. So I might as well live hard and fast and, and now, so I don't want to extend it, that kind of thing. So I guess it's, it's really that, um, it's your relationship to what that means on a sort of age. And it means things. different things yeah. for different people, doesn't and it's it? Got, do you, do you yeah. age according to, like some people, you hear the phrase, act your age. So what the heck does that mean? So is, do I, you know, because you're, you know, 60 or whatever that you need to act a certain way. Can you, you know, so you, you have that. So there's a, there's a model I guess that exists out there that says if you're this age and you act like this, whereas do you have to, can you be the Peter Pan syndrome and be forever having, you know, youth and, and never grow up, even though you might be aging, but yeah. you still have that sense of curiosity, the sense of wonder, the sense of, um, you know, not taking everything necessarily, you know, 
yeah, very yeah. serious that kind of well there was the there was a bit in when i was doing some of the stuff for wabi sabi last week about the japanese and sort of how they often bring their grandparents into their workplace like particularly if you i suppose if you own your company and mm. stuff then you take your grandparents in and and they sit there as a sort of resource for the wisdom but i think what what makes me think about that is that not only do they have a place, but there's a natural transition of like action to the next generation. Whereas what I find is maybe a consequence of the marginalization of people if you're old and you get out of work and you just have to be retired, which basically means like what do I don't know, you know, whatever you want, I guess, but you don't have a sort of working value is people don't want to let go of that role. You know, so you have in the U.S. like, you know, government officials who are working well into their 70s mm. and unable to sort of let the next generation have their turn. You know, and, and a sort of you can sort of see why that is, but it also has Prince Prince Charles. <laughs> his, his mom doesn't hard, want to. She doesn't harder, want to give up the crown. It's does harder. She? It's harder to uh, feel sorry for the <laughs> royals. He's going to be ancient. It's like, come on, give the man some time. Well, but it's also on the throne. You know, if there was a place that you moved to, you know, as as you moved into your sixties and seventies. That was also a place of responsibility and a place, you know, like you think about, okay, so now, now your job is you get to sit in the boardroom and like be consulted, hmm. but you relax and you don't have to be there every day if you're feeling a bit tired. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's quite, that's quite nice. I don't when know. It's easy to get. When you contrib um, contributes your wisdom, I guess, in that sort of sense. Isn't when it? when you, people are valued and their people are, you sort of acknowledge that you've lived through a lot of stuff. So maybe you have an insight into this. Unless you know, you that's, didn't live well, because you could live yeah. through a lot and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and haven't learned a dang thing. And so they'd be like, all right, can't wait to get that person out. And well, I'm saying that, and I think there's something, um, if we're talking about age and mindfully, or, or it, it's about, because um, some people can get really stuck in a way. So I can get in an age or in my head and be stuck to that space and no longer maintain flexibility, no longer want to, to move. So, you know, I'm working um, at some of the places that I've been working in lately and you got some people that are older, you know, near to be sort of retirement age and they're not interested in changing. Kind of what you're hinting at here as in, you know, let sort of the younger start to come in who are going to take the company further, but they're still a part of the company and they're not interested in embracing the new because, you know, look, this is the way I've been doing it for 30 years. Why do I want to change now? And in some ways it can and, become a hindrance yeah. because it, they don't yeah. want to move with the, the sort of times and, yeah. um, and then it's, yeah. Yeah. And it can be a detriment in that sense if they don't, re if they don't maintain that flexibility um, of mind to be able to take in new things and, and not be afraid of that, that sort of space. Yeah. 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 Never grow old. You know, there was, oh, I found those, those lyrics, the um, oh, time, see. Pink Floyd so it says, uh, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day. You, f you fritter and waste the hours in an offhand way, kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, waiting for someone or something to show you the way. 
You're tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain. You're young and life is long and there is time to kill today. And then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. You run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun, I can hear, is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really, you know, I've never been very interested in the constellations. I find mm. them kind of complicated, and I don't really... I love the stars. I well, love see, but, yeah. but, I, it, but reading this book has made me realize I love space and I love astronomy. I just don't care about the stories about the constellations. Oh, come on. Do you know what I mean? So I want like, I, I mean, I love the National Space Center yeah. here in Britain. Like it's it's amazing and stuff. That's not why, that's not what intrigues me about the stars. Yeah. What intrigues me is like, that's Venus. Like I looked at, so I, so I opened the how window. Many people in, in the history of the world have looked up and said, that's Venus. And that's what intrigues me. On yeah. That aspect. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Totally. That too. That yeah. too. But that's quite different than being able to draw out a picture of multiple stars on the sky. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess the reason I like that is it's that awareness thing of what's around you and being able to just yeah. sort of see. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So I like, I like being yeah. able to identify stars yeah. and stuff, but I got, so, so I used to have that night sky app yeah. on my phone and then it got all complicated and I had to get rid of it. And then I just opened the window last week and it's still back up in Britain when you're this far North. Hmm. Um, it's still pretty dark in the morning, even now as we've moved away from the solstice, but you know, it's still pretty dark in the morning. There's a star shining in the sky. It was so bright. And I was like, okay, I have to know what that mm. is. It's ridiculous that I don't know what that is. So I found an app that just does what I want it to do, which is point the phone yeah. at it and go, that's what it is. So it's Venus. And then there was Jupiter. It said that Jupiter was just off to the left and down. And I was like, oh, I can't really see it. And then sure enough, there's this tiny, tiny point of light that I would have never noticed before. I was like, okay, that's Jupiter. So we're talking to the kids think, about it. Think about this. So as you're telling the story, which is interesting to me, and it's, we've moved to the place where you no longer need to know what the stars are, whereas before. In the ancient times, that's how you navigate it. That's how yeah. you move from place to place. So you had to have that intimate knowledge of the sky, if, especially if you were getting in a boat and you were going to sail somewhere. I needed to know what these, whereas now, if you look up, you're lucky. No, you know, you don't need to know where they are, which is, which is a shame in, in and of itself that we've become disconnected from the stars in, in, that, in that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 So... Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, I've gone and seen that there's a um, amazing um, sort of video thing at the National Space Museum here in Britain that's called We Are the Stars. And it, it is an amazing description or explanation for non-scientists about nuclear fusion and sort of how the universe formed from the Big Bang and how stars created these different atoms that we have now. And so the building blocks of the universe and how we are just built of all the different atoms that were created in originally inside supernovas, you know, yeah. and it's sort of, you know, so he goes into that a little bit in the book in this chapter on who, who are we and sort of this existential question about what is some inner part of us beyond our name and stuff. And we've had plenty of, of chats about that, but then also having to sort of marry that with 
the scientific reality of we are made of a bunch of atoms that's recycled. And there was this great quote then, life on earth is in essence a recycling process and always has been. Um, and I really, you know, I sort of like that because it, it connects you to everything. Hmm. It's like, that's, that's not just a thing that's way out there. That, that thing is part of a process that is so important to me as an individual that I would not exist without it. You know what I mean? And it can extend your feeling of, or close, you know, that yeah. death is not a final story as in, you know, you yeah. die, become dust and you yeah, yeah, get yeah. to fade away back into the universe. Yeah. And, and that if that, if you were not part of the aging process of the constant like creation and, and slow, you know, what's the word I want sort of decomposition of, of atoms coming together and then coming apart and stuff, we would not exist. So that uh, the birth process has to, um, is reliant on that whole recycling process happening again and again and again on this earth. So that was kind of, I think, an important sort of reflection. And all these things I think are just sort of reflections to have to sort of so put things in different perspective. Immortal, would you? Well, see, that's, that, that's what's it, it, interesting is he said, all these people that want to be immortal don't realize that if you were immortal, you wouldn't have been born in the first place because nothing would be recycled. So you couldn't have been born, but you would be, you would exist. So we want existence, not necessarily to be born. So if you're immortal, then you exist and we want to, not as a human, you wouldn't, what you're saying is, could you be immortal? Not as a human, like as a, as a being. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, the, the fountain of youth, this whole idea that we're go, we are immortal, so we're going to die, but we'll still be alive beyond this thing. We you're have right. this fantasy of wanting to yeah. live yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So, but if you could, but, but we don't know, know that that's going to happen, but it's this idea, if, if you could be immortal, would you, would you consciously choose? So even though you've been born, let's just say you're born now. This is my thought experience. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not choosing that. And would you? Would no, you? No. no, you wouldn't want to. You'd be no, happy no. to do your time. And I'm get gonna. Out. I'm gonna put this uh, mortal robe off yeah. down and <laughs> go <laughs> you, do something like, else. Oh, yeah, I had enough. I had enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm what is it? Mortal coil. Hmm? What is it? Oh, people aren't listening are gonna be able to uh, correct me on this, but. What is it when you, the poem about the mortal coil that you shed? I'm going to look it no, up. Yeah, you have to look anyway. it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so, yeah. So, um, and I suppose uh, what would attract me to immortality would only be is if I could be free to do whatever I wanted. Like, I wouldn't want to be immortal in this kind of have society. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, where I have to con be confined to the rules that exist as they do today, because that would just be like, drive me nuts. You read Interview with the Vampire, haven't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. And so then if I, ha there's a book um, Michael Moorcock has written, and it was, um, what were they called? The Eternal Champion, it's that series. And Basically, there's a race of, of beings that were were essentially immortal, but they spent all their time in the arts and creating things. So they would start symphonies that would take them 100 years to to sort of write or compose because they didn't have a concept of time. Um, but in their world, because that's what it was, it was about more. So they continued of the fabric of the universe. They continued to create 
works and beauties and things like that but that's what they spent their time on as immortal beings um but then the world kind of changes and then they suddenly come face to face with mortality um and so the world suddenly gets smaller and it makes them and i guess part of the book's push it makes them live more intently Mm -hmm. interesting okay yeah yeah Yeah, all the all the books that try and explore the possibility of immortality i guess tolkien does okay with the elves they don't seem too depressed but i mean interview the vampire that whole series (laughs) they're never really that happy about being immortal are they i don't know yeah i guess it just uh, depends on how you use some point you get bored well yes (laughs) you get bored if you're having to you know your internal and you know your life sort of sucks and it's the same if you're sisyphus pushing the thing up and down that a hill for the remainder of time then that's probably not a very fun way but if you're free to explore the universe and all of your whims and every have every imagine being able to have every experience that's possible as a human being to have so that you know what the fullness of life is able to sort of be like are you ever going to know that though because you only ever know it through your own self yeah but you just keep going that would be it if you're immortal you can just keep having these which um that one book that um, uh, the one where there's interviewing the arch, archangel I think we talked about yeah, it before yeah, because yeah. So yeah, that was one of the theories there is that that's exactly the description is when you the birth and death isn't birth and death but you go back into the suit and then you when you come when you want to come back into mortality you choose the experience that you want to have so I want to be I don't know I want to be clay this iteration around what these you know so you yeah, choose yeah, your parents yeah. in a sense but um and I would be okay with that if you can remember all the things that you've chosen to do. It's no fun if they, if you don't remember them. Yeah. I think anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to uh, build yeah, on well, knowledge well, that you don't yeah, retain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how are you aging How am I gracefully? aging? Yes. How am I aging gracefully? Because big four over some yeah. reason people think, yeah, they get kind of crazy when they approach from 40. I don't um, feel crazy. How I don't know, you, I, maybe I'm not a good judge of that. No, I'm, I'm asking, yeah. how, how do you feel going into that um, space? Yeah, I mean, I think what, what it's, I think it's probably, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to tell you when I'm turning 41, but I have a suspicion that it's more about being 39 that's the big year. Do you know what I mean? It's, a, it's about sort of approaching the thing and thinking, what does it mean to me? Does it mean anything? And for me, it's actually, I mean, I'm kind of lucky because, you know, I'm married to a, a person who's older than me. So things happen to, mm. you know, people around me before they happen to me. And by the time I get there, I'm kind of like, yeah, all right. But uh, I feel like it's been something I'm kind of trying to embrace in the sense of really, you know, that my best friend has this great thing. She's, she's just turned 40 last September. And uh, she was like, I'm too, you know, effing old to be doing this anymore. And, and, and sort of embracing that, like, I just want to let go of some of this stuff, some of this stuff that's holding me back that I'm worrying about or that I'm, I'm letting sort of eat up too much of my attention or my energy and stuff, whether it's like worrying about what other people think or just not saying your truth about things. Um, so I think for me, it's about sort of, how can I move into this next? How can I use this to kind of go, all right, let's 
kind of like a clearing out process, you know, like mm. Christmas for me, it was like essentialism. Let's get rid of stuff. It's like, wh what do I want to get rid of? Cause I don't really want to carry it in this backpack into the next decade the or I more. Deal with it, I don't know if I've completely dealt with it or not is having done a lot of things, everything just seems to be a different version of the same thing you've already done. Okay. And I've kind of struggled with that a little bit. Like, like when I, you know, like climbing mountains and doing things like that. And yeah, you can go up a different mountain, but essentially that's all it is. At some point it becomes. I've come up the mountain, I get to the top, I see a view. And I've done that, you know, thousands of times. There's or, that book, everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah, but it's that, but it's, it's like dealing with, you know, and I was thinking about this actually just only this week in terms of, um, you know, when you're young and the world is sort of big and bright and I want to be out and do all these, I don't know, make my mark in the world or something. There's something exciting about life when you're younger. I think where I'm at now, I'm thinking, well, what, what, how can I recapture that same sense of excitement of a day? Yeah. Especially when... You know, and, and and is it? Is, I don't know if treadmilling is is the right sort of word, but it, you know, yesterday isn't much different than today is going to be, which is probably not going to be much different than my tomorrow. Um, and even if some people say, "Oh yeah, I'll go out and travel," it's like so I've traveled, I've been to loads of countries, so you've done that, I've jumped out of airplanes, I've and I've done all these things. Yeah, right. So it's. You know, do I just chase the next buzz, try to go higher and, you know, do something where, you know, yeah. So it's that yeah. question. Yeah. It's like you get to a certain place and unless you've not done a lot of things and you're just waking up and you're thinking, okay, well, now I can go do all these things. But if you've done a lot of stuff in your, your, your youth up until this point, it's like, well, what's the next thing for me to to do yeah that doesn't of, feel the same do that just isn't a version See, I, of I almost of feel where I'm at is is I'm so relieved to be putting some of the sort of wasted angst behind me mm. that, you know, and just, and just sort of wasted worry and about things. Wasted angst, what, do you I, mean? what I mean is like, you know, this, I feel like, you know, I look back at my friendships and relationships that I had in my, you know, teens and twenties and even early thirties and I think about the way I used my time and things that I worried about and things example, that I... Um, as Jules would say, give us an example of how you used your time that you wouldn't use your time in the same way today. Well, I mean, the classic one in my mind is the years I was doing my PhD and how much time I spent in a coffee shop just talking to other friends who were doing PhDs, talking about how hard and stressful things were. Hmm. Like, just... If I could have all of that time back when I wasn't actually doing my work, but I was just, ha you know, going through and dramatizing the angst of how, how hard things were and how stressful things were and the politics of what, who was doing what and who was saying what. And when you went and did a presentation of, you know, your research and other people tried to, you know, also immaturely sort of tear you down and then what what you did with that coming out of it and how much you had to then talk and process post that and stuff mm -hmm. I think oh my gosh what could I have done with all mm -hmm. of that time I could have done my PhD in two bloody years so it's it's sort of it's sort of that kind of thing you know it's like 
all this, I don't know. Yeah, I just want to, you know, there's a lot of drama when you're young, I think. Even, even you know, maybe maybe it's more for women, but I think for, for men as well. It, there's mm-hmm. a lot of lack of confidence and drama and worry and, you know, using mental energy about stuff that really shows itself to be not that important. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, but so, I think for me, because it's like, you know, to, not to... To um, waste time doing something that you don't want to do or believe yeah. in or that sort of sort of thing, because you know we can you can a lot of time can go by doing stuff where you, that has no real value to you. But then you think, well, should you spend your time on that? But you you won't. Again, I guess coming back to the bookcase, some of that you won't. And that's that's kind of the point that I think I was trying to make earlier when I was saying about like what my son and other people mm-hmm. in their 20s where I can see that they're wasting time on stuff that you know time that they're going to desperately want back when they get older but you can't make them see that yeah and they're going to have to go through the process but yeah. then you want to but then they're going to be right where you are where they're going to be looking back and thinking oh why did I spend that time in the coffee shop doing this that and the other thing or why did I spend that time you know not to suggest that yeah. our time in the coffee shop and this podcast is in any way. Well, we're a, doing something that we want to do. That's true. <laughs> and, and so we're but spending the, but the time. But the thing is, I sort want, of felt it? like at that time, I felt like I wanted to be doing that, but also I didn't want to be doing that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do anything else. It's a weird thing, but I, I feel like that feeling of an inability to get unstuck from the drama has gone with Mm. age. And I feel so relieved about that. And it's not entirely gone, but it is better than it used to be. And that is such a relief and a joy. I sort of feel like maybe part of the whole aging mindfully thing is, is really about appreciating the things that we acquire, not just focusing on the things that we're, losing if you see what i mean okay and require the knowledge and stuff that you've and experiences you yeah you've done so maybe i mean you I know we have a we've got a poster on our in our living room about collecting experiences you know, that that's the and and i think as even as we're speaking now and you know do i for me to how do i reconcile haven't done a lot so now i gotta think of new experiences to maybe chase after yeah to maybe bring that that to do which is interesting and maybe we can talk about this in another podcast maybe you need to go the mean, far east but i'm just thinking is that do i have to become another person then because what you said before wherever there you you know where you go there you are so i'm still me no matter whether i go to the far east so whatever experiences that i've had up until there aren't that's true and that's not true in the sense away. that new experiences can also change and influence you can't they and that's maybe the thing, the change, hmm. as in I won't be the same clay anymore, which is fine. I'm all right with that. Hmm. <laughs> and maybe that's what's Who needed. Knows? Who maybe knows? Maybe I need to change my name and become a different person so I can have different experiences without the baggage of clay. Who knows? No yeah. telling. All right, cool. All right. Um, so uh, here, this I'll leave, I'll leave everybody with the last okay. um, quote to get back to the night sky. Because, you know, this is a nice thing, you know, and we don't do it very often and thinking about how just looking up at the stars can be a part of our contemplating life experience kind of thing. Before you do that, because you just reminded me, because we don't look up at the stars a lot. And I was walking to the gym the other night. It's about maybe 830-ish. 
And the, one of the stars was really bright in the sky. And I could see the dude up ahead of me and it was actually my neighbor. And I think he was really attracted to the star. And then it was like, I tried to catch up with him so we could have a conversation about the night sky and look yeah, up yeah. There, that, star, that star there. Um, but that was interesting because well, you don't see people gazing up at the stars like that anymore. No. But yeah, so cool. Yeah, no, it's true. So it says, so this is the last bit from Adam Ford. He says, we all face the inevitable limitations of growing older. I find calm in contemplating the sky at night. The meditation puts things into perspective, encouraging an inner stillness. I can then reflect with greater strength and confidence on the brevity of life. So there you go. Have a good week. Yeah. <laughs>